0: Hey guys, Kill Stokes here. Welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. Today we're going to talk a little bit about multiple streams of income. And I recently got a a question on our tier one trading chat. And um, if you hear any dings in the background, that's what it is. But the question said, uh, hey, guys, can someone explain the benefits of this to me? Because I'm kind of confused. If you have a lower time frame trading account and a higher time frame trading account and you split your capital between these, I don't see the benefits because, for example, a 15% gain on each account is only a 15% gain in total. Is this the only benefit that your risk is spread further? And essentially, the question that she was asking was, Let's say you are you have multiple trading accounts and there are many reasons to have multiple trading accounts, right? One reason may just be to you know, maybe you have two different strategies that you trade. Let's say maybe you have a, we have a system called the daily Chore where it's only on the daily time frame where you come in, you spend five, 10 minutes checking for signals, you, you know, either set up your trade, don't set up your trade, whatnot. Um, but it's a very low frequency strategy. On the other hand, maybe you have a different strategy, a more active strategy, something where it's more of a buy and hold. So the daily chore, you're you're pretty much in and out of it in a matter of a day or, or maybe two days at max. Maybe you have another trend following strategy where it's more of a buy and hold, where you're looking to catch the trend, you're looking to hold it for a long period of time. Maybe you're a day trader and you're, you are you want to be more active in the market. Um, again, there's different reasons to have different, uh, different accounts because you don't want all of your capital tied up in the same one necessarily. One, it could be you could have conflicting signals. You may get a trend following strategy or a signal on one account you may get a counter trend signal on another account um two you may have your money tied up in a single pair i'll give you an example i know it's a little bit different depending on where you're at in the world but i used to trade uh i'm a swing trader and a day trader mainly swing trading but i have a day trading account as well and i remember this one time that i was in a trade on a higher time frame a a longer term trade it was like a daily four hour type of trade And long story short, right, I was in that trade for about a month. Um, The trade ended up losing, so I spent a month kind of going back and forth between profit and between drawdown eventually to end in drawdown and taking a loss. At the same time, during the day trading, we were in a live trading room at the time, We had gotten signal after signal after signal after signal after signal while the market was playing this back and forth tennis match, right? Bouncing off of support and resistance. It was offering some very good pattern setups and they were absolutely destroying it in the live room. I forgot how many there were, maybe like 10, but it was one of those streaks where it's like eight out of 10 won and it it was, uh, you know, like I think there were like 200 pips that were made in the live room. Well, it was all good because a lot of people were making money except for yours truly, why? Because I had already established that position on the higher time frame swing trade, I couldn't take any positions on the day trading because my money was already tied up, right? And I didn't have multiple accounts or anything like that so I couldn't enter different positions, it was all in the same position. Um, and that's what first sparked the, the thought for me about treating my trading like two different businesses or three different businesses, right? My longer term trading is going to be a separate business that does a certain thing. My lower time frame trading is going to be a separate business that does a a certain thing. And going back to the question where it's like, well, what's the point, right? Wouldn't it be better just to put all of your money in the thing that has the best results? And maybe from a strictly financial standpoint, yes, whatever your top strategy is. If you put all your money in there, the return on investment will be higher and you'll get the most bang for your buck. But we also know that in trading, diversification matters. In in trading and business and life in general, we'll dig into that in a little bit. But first of all, in trading, diversification matters because of this, right? Different things or different setup strategies, pairs, portfolios, whatever you have will act differently during different times. So for example, if you are trading a single strategy, one strategy on one pair, you're gonna live or die by that pair, and that pair can have exceptional results. The end game can be very, 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 very good, but at some point, that pair, that strategy on that pair is going to go through a drawdown, right? So there's going to be a point in time where you just either tread sideways and break even, or you're taking a little bit of a a, a loss before you get back to your winning ways. Now, if you are trading that one strategy on two pairs, right, you know, if you've balanced it the right way, you're not trading two pairs that essentially have the same type of movement, right? Aussie and and Canadian, for example, you may put yourself in a position where you have a little bit more diversification. So where one pair is in a drawdown, the other pair can be creating new equity highs. When that next pair goes into a drawdown, a little bit of a funk, the other pair has rebounded, right? So maybe you're not necessarily increasing your overall return on investment, but you're smoothing out the curve, right? You're, you're managing your drawdown. Another personal example because you know i've done a lot of stuff in my trading career so i have lots of personal examples i used to be a counter trend trader only only traded counter trend right the, i mainly trade the forex markets forex markets are typically consolidative so counter trend counter trend trading was something that worked for me um, and it fit my philosophy as well however i would notice that there were certain periods of the year where we would see a lot of directional movement, right? Typically, September was like this. Now, that trend has changed. We're kind of all over the place right now, but for a long period of time, September was a very directional month. You think about it like this, right? Sell in May and go away. That's kind of the the old saying in the industry where summer comes and basically not as many people are actively trading. You're kind of taking your vacation, reaping the benefits of working so hard for the first half of the year. What happens is when those big traders come back, right, it's kind of like a parent returning to their home after leaving the kids uh, by themselves, right? I I do that a lot. Sometimes the wife will leave. She'll she'll be on a... uh, you know, a business meeting or something or have to go make a delivery. And I'm here recording a podcast. I'm like, I wonder what my two year old is doing in the background. And I finish my podcast and, you know, I do everything up and and get it all kind of uploaded and whatnot. And then I go back into the kitchen and there is food everywhere and he's having a cooking party. And I'm like, oh man, so what do I have to do? I got to clean it up. And you see that in the markets as well, where a lot of these big time traders, right, smart money traders will come back. They'll see kind of the mess that happened during the summer. It'll be September they're like, all right, let's get things back to where we initially speculated or where we initially thought they would be at. And you typically see a lot of directional movement in the market. Well, for a counter trend trader like myself, you can imagine that wasn't a very good period of time. So I would consistently get destroyed. Now, it was OK because my trading would do good in periods before it would do good in periods after it. but I, I would always ask myself, is there some way to avoid this? And that's when I started looking at adding some trend continuation, some trend following type of strategies to my portfolio as well to kind of balance out that that period of time where I was just getting hammered. Um, so it didn't necessarily, it, it did end up helping my, my my overall return on investment. But the main point of it was to smooth out that equity curve, to control that maximum drawdown, right? Because guess what? If I can stay, the, the biggest thing for me is to, control my drawdown. If I can keep my drawdowns low and my return steady, I could be more aggressive with my money management strategy, my position sizing. The more aggressive I am with my money management, my position sizing, the faster I can increase my account. The faster I can increase my account, well... The more money I make, right? So it works that way. If I have a larger drawdown, right, I've got to be a little bit more careful with how much risk I'm taking per trade because I have to be able to sustain that larger drawdown. I can't have that larger drawdown kind of knock me out, right? We did, we did a, a boxing analogy today in, in our Q and A session. Um, think about it like a boxing match. Where okay, you know, you can you can. Get, I've never been a boxer, so I can't act like a like a like a ring coach, but. You can take jabs to the face all day, right? The jab is kind of the, the, the straightforward, the weakest, the weakest punch. You're not going to get knocked out by a jab. It's kind of, you're going to score points. It's going to set up your other punches, right? You can get hit in the face with a jab all day, right? Don't get hit with the hook. Don't get hit with the haymaker because that's, what's going to knock you out. Take your jab, take your jab, take your jab, take your drawdown, take your loss. Don't get hit by the big one. So as long as you can avoid that big one, you can survive and do some pretty cool things. So diversification is important during that point. And that may be something that you trade with the same account if you manage your portfolio the right way and and set up your rules so there's no uh, contradicting setups. Or it's something where you can have multiple accounts. Now, to dig in a little bit deeper to the multiple account once again, from a business standpoint, here's how I I look at things, right? First and foremost, the, the goal in life should be maybe not the goal in life. As far as wealth creation goes, the goal should be to have multiple sources of income, right? All of your money shouldn't be coming from the same place. I just listened to uh, an episode of the Always Free podcast by my my buddy and my business partner, Jason Grayson. If you haven't done that, I, I recommend doing so. Make sure you do it from the very beginning. Trust me on that. Don't try to skip around. But in one of his earlier podcasts, I'm going through them this summer or this, uh, this winter, going back through all of them, he talked about just uh, budgeting and, and, and managing and, and having different bank accounts to, to split up your money, right? You know, you know if you, you want to be responsible with your money, one of the best ways to set yourself up is for, for when you don't see it, right? You, you can't spend what you don't have. So if you have all your money in one place, you're more likely to spend it out of that one place. If you have a specific account specifically for this, specifically for that, you're less likely to touch it. The same thing goes for Your business or or you and your investments, right? You should have multiple streams of income, right? Money coming from different places, money coming from maybe your main job, money coming from your 401k, your investments, maybe a, a side hustle, something like that, right? The more streams of income you have, the faster you are going to accelerate your wealth. It also is going to allow you to become a little bit more responsible because it's going to bring safety. And I was talking to our trader about this and I said, You know i personally set up my business like this right i have i'd like to get three i have two right now um i guess i have i have a long i have longer term investments right longer term investments in the stock markets and, and stuff like that but as far as trading goes i have my swing trading account which is the longer term time frame account and i have my day trading account which i look at as kind of fun money so the idea is to Use the profits from my day trading account to pay for whatever I need to in life, you know, bills. And, and, you know, for me, it's like buying cameras and microphones, stuff like that, stuff for the kids. Um, And never touch the swing trading account. Now, what's the reason I never want to touch a swing trading account? Well, I never want to touch the swing trading account because that's the account that I want to grow, right? The goal is to compound your money because, as I mentioned before, the faster you can grow your money, the more money you'll make off of the same return on investment. So if, I, if I'm if i making 40% a year on a $10,000 account, right, I can look at that and I can be like, eh, that's not a lot of money. If I fast forward and say, well, if I make that same 40% a year off a $100,000 account, all of a sudden, that's something significant. So the goal is how can I get that account from 10,000 to 100,000? And taking money out of it each each week, each month, each quarter and and starting back at zero doesn't help that you just stay at the same exact rate. You never allow your money to make you more money. So I want to grow that. And and the easiest way to grow it is by not touching it. And and of course, uh, creating a plan on when you're going to add to it, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, something like that. Um, But even in, in other aspects, you know, I have a real estate business as well, right? And a lot of people are kind of up and down on real estate. And I've got this before. Well, Keel, you know, wouldn't it be better to, you know, take all the money out of your real estate business and put it into your trading account? And again, from a strictly a financial standpoint, maybe, all right, I'm going to make a bigger return trading than I am in, in, in real estate. But Understand that trading, right, and again, trading is, we're we're talking about trading is different than long-term investing. So there are some very slow, you know, if you put your money with um, an account manager, they're going to make you a slow, safe return, right? That's their job. Make you a safe return, charge you an account management fee, don't lose you as a customer, give you enough to be like, hey, I made some money, but not enough to change your life, right? So there's nothing wrong with that, but that would be an example of a a safe return. You're not going to live off of that, trust me. Trading is not a safe return because trading, actively trading, is pretty volatile, right? I look at you guys right now, and and, and you, I, I answer you, I ask you this question: like, you know, how steady is your return on investment in trading? Can you guarantee that you're going to make a positive return every day, every week, every month, every quarter? For me, it's no. Once we start getting into the quarters, yes, for the the year, yes, I I can certainly, maybe not guarantee, but with 99.9% certainty, I can tell you I'm going to have a profitable year, right? I can probably tell you I'm going to have a profitable quarter, but sometimes those get a little rough. As far as month to month go no no clue i can't tell you whether this i I cannot guarantee by any means that this month is going to be good this month's going to be bad this month's going to be break even i just don't know i don't control that i can i control it to a certain extent where i can follow my rules and whatnot but it depends on how the market is uh, what the market is offering me how the market is operating right there are going to be cold streaks i have no idea when they come There are going to be hot streaks i have no idea when they come either Right? So if you're someone who's in a position where you have to pay for your lifestyle, you have to pay for bills and, and whatnot based on your trading income, um, unless you're planning well in advance, meaning unless you're taking a large sum of money out at the beginning of each year and putting it aside and saying, Hey, this is gonna cover all of my expenses for the entire year, I'm gonna dig it only out of this pot. If you if you need that trading income month by month to uh you know to make withdrawals from, you're gonna be in trouble because what happens if you hit one of those cold months and now you gotta take money out of an account that's already down? You're just digging yourself into a deeper drawdown, you're reducing your position size, you're making it harder for you to make even more money, right? See how it works. So you have something like real estate, for example, where, and I'm not saying real estate isn't risky, right? All forms of speculation are risky. Real, you know, trust me, I've done I've dealt with my fair share of unexpected vacancies and, 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 and damage control and, and all types of stuff you, you name it I've seen it it's frustrating and when you have that stuff happen, it lingers but let's say you set up a portfolio of investment properties let's say you have a handful so you know you can absorb the you know one one property you know out of five for example being vacant right what real estate investment gives you and we're talking residential so we're talking or, uh, we're talking you're, you're, uh, you're doing rentals and whatnot it's going to provide you somewhat of a more consistent income stream, right? Because assuming that the majority of your tenants are paying rent on time, and if you have good tenants, they will, right? You can basically bank on X amount coming to your door each month. And that's going to provide a lot of safety. And when you have safety in one aspect of life, it allows you to take risk in other aspects of life, right? Does that make sense, right? If you have a safety net, you're more likely to walk the tightrope across these mountains if you don't have a safety net. How are, how likely are you to take that risk? Not as likely. And we know that with more risk brings more reward. So it gives you the opportunity to 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 invest and speculate and, and maybe and do some things that you weren't necessarily comfortable in doing before because now all of a sudden, if it doesn't work out, you're not losing at all. You're you know it doesn't work out, it sucks or whatnot, but you still have that safety net. You can stay afloat. It doesn't affect kind of your your hierarchy of needs in, in, in life. You can still live a comfortable life. You can still pay the bills. You can still eat. You can still sleep under, you know, a, a, a nice roof, a roof and whatnot. So in short, and this is what I told the trade on the platform, I could have summed this up in, in one word, but it wouldn't have made a, a great podcast episode. Diversification. Diversification is key. And if if you're gonna take one thing away from today's episode, I hope it, it means that there's more there's more importance in diversification and and, and steadiness and, and 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 whatnot than just the ROI. Return on investment is important. Obviously, we all want to make the best return on investment that we can, but Having that safety, having different aspects fulfill different needs as far as your entire investment portfolio in whole are key because without the slow, steady, safe investments, it's going to be a lot harder to take the riskier ones.